And I just start out by saying that for the first time, we witnessed the doctor enter a situation and think, or actually say, let's not explore. Let's not investigate. He saw a giant hole, which the possibility lied that Satan could reside in. And he was like, you know what? Let's walk away. Cool. But plot twist, he actually had to go in the hole eventually. So like, what even was the point of all that? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, like he also said retreat and not like run away. So it could have been a tactical retreat where he was going to go back and get reinforcements or more rope or something. But you're, you're right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, Definitely implied that he was like, well, maybe not do this one. Yeah, like the doctor. It just it's really weird for the doctor to just not be like the curious little bug that he always is. He was just like, yeah, let's retreat. Let's not go into this. Like, I've never seen the doctor just not explore. Like, it's really weird where it was really noticeable to know. Yeah, but it was good at least they, like, addressed it in the show, too. Yeah. I'm Shelby. I'm Colin. And I am Jace. And if you couldn't tell already, we're going to be discussing the Satan's Pit, in which the Doctor absolutely tries not to explore a big hole. Yeah, this, <laughs> this week we're, we're leaping right into it, just as, as one might leap into a pit. <laughs> well, we did kind of have a cliffhanger, and we're continuing into yet another uh, episode that's attached, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so Satan himself, it seems like the devil really gets his due in this episode. Um, yeah, I think even like, even more, you know, the, the airs that it's like, you know, really referencing these things are just more and more seem to be justified that we learn about this creature and kind of his pathway, what he wants to be called, how he interacts. But the mystery is still there, you know, of this character. We don't really get to the bottom of it. Um, we know that this beast more or less looks like the CGI version of Diablo 2's The Devil. Um, yes. <laughs> coming in here, but you know, and, and but his mind is somehow separate. His mind can escape this black hole planet. Um, I, I, great concept, interesting. Yeah, I'm wondering. Like, it sort of seems like the mind can, you know, travel as far as it wants, as long as it's inside some other living thing. Because otherwise, how would it think that it could escape the planet that way, right? Right. So that that, that is like. You know, interesting, so that must mean that nothing has come even close to the planet. <laughs> what I, I think it, might it be... Does, oh, go for it, Michael. It, it does beg the question, though, why is the devil laughing when the doctor goes down the pit into the pit? If the body itself has no mind, it should be laughing. It should be Toby that's laughing at that point. Right, but, you know, to give some sort of credence, the mind does seem to be telepathic. You know, it's going towards the yes. ood. It's going into people, so 
maybe the mind can warp back to the body in some sense. It seemed you know, to know for, what for was happening time. to the body. Yeah, it seemed to have some connection. Um, but that's something else that I think was never really explained. That was left hanging, you know. Um, the writing and how the writing and the pottery might have infected the archaeologist. Um, or, you know, it, if you could just, you know, telepathically connect with something like the Ood, uh, why not do it with everyone? That The limitations of it, um, I don't think were very well thought out, bounded, or at least explained. Yeah, it also kind of bugged me in the, the explanation they gave of the, like, oh, before the universe, before matter and, you know, anything and time, you know, I... Like, they locked me here. But how could you lock someone in a prison whose purpose is to orbit a black hole if there's no matter in the universe that could form a black hole? Like, I kind of like that, only because when I think of the universe, I think the Big Bang. Nothing existed before the Big Bang, and that was just common knowledge. But in this episode, it kind of challenged that, because Satan was like, well, I existed before all of this stuff happened and I thought that was kind of interesting because for example if you're a religious person and then you're presented with some kind of what you would consider evidence or like you know whatever you undergo to become like an atheistic person a lot of the stuff that you've had to hold very close and just accepted your entire life would disappear so now it kind of made me question well what if the start of the universe wasn't the start of the universe and you see even the doctor just being like huh that's interesting. That's all I've ever known. So I thought that was a fun kind of little challenge. Yeah, something that like I was always, I've always held like kind of in the back of my mind with this is that you know the Big Bang you know, is the creation of our universe, but you know might be in a, a grander multiverse that is older. You know, coming out of another you know universe or part of it. So I thought when the doctor brought up the whole thing of like beyond the universe, I could I could take that, but before the universe. <laughs> Because it just seems like beyond the universe can still be before this universe. It didn't seem like there's necessarily a conflict. Yeah, but I, I still maintain that the black hole is in this universe, and you can't have been put in prison around it if it didn't exist. I think you could have existed before that, then put in prison. Yeah, but he claimed that he was imprisoned before the universe. Well, my, he said that he was imprisoned before the universe was created? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so he... Is it possible that he was in another universe at the time that he was imprisoned and that he was then somehow when our universe was created, he was teleported into our universe, maybe through that black hole. And then it started, I mean, maybe that was the Big Bang and then it started becoming a black hole in reverse. Or this would be like a really good thing for like future doctors to explore, just to go back on that one random David Tennant episode and just create a plethora of Doctor Who episodes based on the fact that there could have existed multiple universes and just shatter all of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shatter them up. I mean, go through wormholes, visit the solar tracks. Yeah, have a good time. <laughs> I literally with it. whispered that as you were talking to Michael. <laughs> solar tracks. <laughs> in, in a sense, though, I don't think in this particular episode I felt like I needed an explanation because it didn't affect the overall plot because the plot in this in this episode like last week we had an episode where it was build up and it was basically just introductions this week it was a ba- it was a base under siege 
adventure where basically everybody was being picked off one at a time by every all the forces that were attacking the base, mostly the who that were overtaken by the beast. Yeah, speaking of, of that, the whole attack on the uh, security guard, I forget his name, um, but like the way that he died, I mean, it was a nice scene and everything. It was just that how that he got there didn't really make sense because he totally could have traveled further down the like pathway and then turned and started shooting the Ood and still been safe and been able to like get through the door. Like it just seemed like why just randomly pick that one spot to shoot. It's not like the Ood were right on top of them. Yeah. It's that- probably just like an in the moment thing. Like you don't really think straight when you're under that much pressure. That's fair. Yeah, and I think there's a reasonable explanation for that. And, you know, there's there's an explanation, I think, to be had by the creature. We just didn't get to um, hear it and see it. And I think Michael's right. You know, that wasn't really central to the plot. But it does irk me, you know, when it seems like there's an extra mystery about how this monster interacts with people. And, you know, all of, the, like, the ancient writings and, and the possession. I just wish some of the mechanics of that was spelled out a little bit more. You know, if you're going to have two full episodes on it, that's where I, I feel like the explanation was lacking. I kind of disagree. I kind of liked it. I feel like I didn't, like, sure, there was a bunch of questions that were left unanswered, but I didn't mind it. I mean, the episode is still really engaging. It was really cool. It was really dark. We got to see, you know, I'm actually starting to warm up to Rose because in this episode, she just really just grabs the situation by the balls and just makes very rash decisions, leads the team, and becomes the doctor, essentially. Like, that was a really turning, big turning point for Rose for me. Yeah, and then she, you know, refused to leave the doctor there, even though, it, you know, he was almost certainly dead at that point. Which and raises another question for me. How do you guys um, feel about what the captain did? Do you think his decision to just force Rose to come with him was just a spite? her request to stay there with the doctor, even if it meant that she died. Yeah, I think that was a bold move. I think it was the right choice. I I think, you know, looking back on it, it's almost like, you know, somebody might really be, in the moment, think suicide is a great idea, and they may, um, you know, after being taken out of that situation, they really feel differently about it with with some time on it. I, I feel like, you know, in that situation, you have a time to save a life there was no reasonable way reasonable explanation how rose could survive or get the doctor to survive i mean and also they don't have this concept of the tardis in mind too that's really the last lifeline um of connection so i I feel like it was justified it's it's a tough decision but um i hope i'd be able to make it i i agree it was just kind of conflicting for me where she was like, I want to be here with the doctor. I know him. He's a, capable of so many miracles. But at the same time, when you're in that kind of a situation, you're not thinking straight. So I honestly don't know how I, I feel about it because they don't know the doctor. I think Captain Zachary made the right decision for himself. Yes, if he's he, kind of if he left, If he left Rose behind and knew that she died on his watch... He would have been devastated himself because he had already lost so many people, as he stated, and he wasn't oh, yeah. planning on losing anyone else. I think also, I mean, yes, it was Rose's intention to stay, and that was, that was something that should have been probably considered. But if he hadn't taken Rose, the doctor would have not known that Rose was still there. She would have been lost anyway. So in a sense, 
I think Captain Zachary did the right thing no matter what. And for just not only for himself, but I think in general, there there's a lot in my mind that says, yes, this is this is the right thing to do, even though it's hard. It's hard on Rose to lose the doctor, but it's but it will be worse if she loses her own life and doesn't go live her life, because that's one of the things the doctor always tells people to do. He can't do that himself. He tells people, go live your life. Live the best life you can. He even said that to Rose when he thought he was going to die when the Daleks were attacking. That isn't mm-hmm. like that kind of betraying him, because like David Tennant already assumed that Rose was on that rocket ship, and had the captain not been selfish and been like, screw you, you're coming with me, he would have been... He, he, and that was when he said he trusted Rose, too. So if she had stayed and the captain not have been selfish and was like, I don't want anyone else to die under my watch, like, what does that mean? Oh, that's a good point. And the doctor only had one trip in the TARDIS, so he would have taken Hydra, or Ida? Ida, uh, instead, because he knew she was still there. Can we talk about why he only has one trip in the TARDIS? He has a TARDIS. He does have a TARDIS, but I'm guessing I'm guessing that because it, he's involved in this particular set event, he may be able to see, because as he said in the past, he can see what's fixed and what's not. And in this case, it's a fixed event to only go and get the one person that he has time for. So he has to do it within the time that's allotted before the planet gets sucked into the black hole. Plus, if you think about it, a black hole could very well have a lot of ramifications for the TARDIS itself. So if the TARDIS doesn't get out of there, the, there could be... A black hole basically sucks time and everything else with it. So if, you're, if you've got to get your TARDIS as far away from that black hole as fast as possible... The Doctor's people practically invented dark uh, black holes, Michael. Well, it, right? It wasn't like that their quote. There, there, there they, may be though a distance. The TARDIS pulls the the ship out of the thrust of the black hole. Well, too. That, I mean, that's what I was actually gonna gonna bring up is is that like maybe the TARDIS can only move away from a black hole at a certain distance from it, so maybe it couldn't have pulled the ship out if it had taken any longer to grab the ship. That's what I was thinking. Also about the TARDIS, I thought it was interesting how uh, the Doctor happened to run into the TARDIS right down there in the Satan pit. And um, I think it was actually kind of leads in with what we later discover about the TARDIS. And it probably chose that exact spot to land in because it knew that was going to collapse and end up right where the Doctor needed it to be. But even if the TARDIS couldn't escape and, and pull with its own energy you know, away from the black hole. Why Why do you need to save the ship? You need to save the people. There's tons of other machinery that's lost. I feel like in the grand scale, you can save plenty of Ood, and you can come back and you can TARDIS onto the ship if that's the only thing that's holding it back, and you can get everybody in that TARDIS, and then you can save everybody the trip back to Earth. Because you're right there. But it seems like, you know, you could still be in multiple places at once, like on the same planet. Um, intersecting timelines, well, can't you? but then he has the potential of crossing his own time stream. But, if you know, he he would be in the pit versus on the surface. You know, it's like the middle of the planet, eight miles down, or he's on the surface. Right. Like, why but is that? But here's the thing. We know that the Doctor's TARDIS is always reliable in getting him exactly at the same point in time. If he accidentally overshoots and goes back, like, say, an hour or so, he could uh, end up being 
right there at the same time that he's already there in the same location, which would be obviously terrible. Gotcha. So, so it's like a, I think this is one of those fixed events where the timeline cannot be altered with multiple versions of the Doctor all and Rose or whoever else is on the TARDIS all through going throughout this event, which kind of unfortunately takes away from Jace's idea of having other Doctors come back and 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 be in part of this event. I think this is the timeline of this event probably is fixed based on the fact that the black hole is there sucking everything. That, that's just what I took from it. I mean, yeah, there's. it doesn't explain it. There is no explanation. But again, in my opinion, this episode really didn't need that explanation because I think the focus was more on getting out of the base and making sure as many people survived and also the mystery of of whether what's down in the hole. Yeah. Is the beast actually down there? So, like... Here's the thing, though. I, I feel like more explanation is necessary for this episode, and this has been kind of a recurring theme in this season of sort of supernatural things popping up. You know, we've had werewolves. We had, you know, uh, I think we had something like vampires. And, yeah, ghosts have come through. Ghosts, in the past. And, and, like, now we have the devil. And I think that the, the trouble is, is when you're in a sci-fi show and you're bringing in fantasy characters, then it's your obligation to have a scientific explanation for them and the powers and they have and the things that they do. If you're just creating a brand new creature, you don't need to have as much explanation because it's new. But when you're taking a clear fantasy thing, then it, it has to abide by certain laws. And it's just not sci-fi if you don't explain what those rules are. I mean, it's just, it's basically having an episode that's a fantasy episode rather than a scientific one. And I think that that's why there has to be more of an onus on the writers for, you know, actually explaining it if they're going to do something like this. So I do feel like they fell down a little bit on explanations, like a lot of little things. Like, for example, the rocket, when it started getting pulled back into the black hole, why did it turn around? That didn't make any sense. It would have just been sucked in straight from the back. You know, like there were just like a lot of little things in this that didn't quite add up. When, when Rose broke open the shield, why didn't everybody get sucked out and die horribly? Like, you know, or like start to freeze to death or, or you know, it their seems lungs like, they still like have ripped out, you know, like it just, it really didn't make sense. And it had been clear th- as they moved through the base, that they didn't have the type of technology to produce enough air quickly enough to overcome that shield being gone. I think, I think there is one explanation that could be made for the, the ship. Why did it turn around? If you're accelerating away from something, but something is pulling you back, but you're still accelerating, the acceleration's going to turn you. That's where, because that's kind of, it works kind of in the water too. If you're in a boat, you're going accel- acceleration can turn you. If well, yeah, right. but like that's slower acceleration than what a black hole would be. You would be well, like obviously ripped it, backwards. So of, it's it, still some sort of force. It's trying to go in the opposite direction. So, but the force would be so much more. You're putting more. You're putting more of the emphasis on the nose of the spaceship, I believe, as opposed to the back end. Well, you are when you're accelerating away, but then the black hole's acceleration is a lot stronger, and it's pulling from the back. Yeah, I but- think Shelby's main point is that this is a sci-fi show and there was too much fantasy in it and we needed more science in order to make it feel more Doctor Who as opposed to 
you know, watching some kind of fantasy TV show. Like, you still need to incorporate those sci-fi elements. Yes, thank you. And I would like to say I do love fantasy TV shows, but when they're in fantasy TV shows, not in sci-fi. Like, I just remember when the possessed archaeologist was just flown, you know, out of the ship. It makes sense. Of course he would just fly, you know, right out of it. Like, that makes sense to me. But for everyone else there, is a seatbelt going to save you from a black hole? Were they designed for that purpose? <laughs> Seatbelts were for black holes, didn't you know, Colin? <laughs> oh, we've been so overprepared. Can I say one thing? Sure. You go first. Well, one thing I was going to say is that I think Doctor Who, in its long history, has been a combination of science fiction and science fantasy. I don't think that you can suggest that... For instance, the John Pertwee story, The Time Monster, deals with the lost city of Atlantis, which obviously isn't really scientifically possible. Well, okay, I mean, like, but I'm okay with if they're going to do something like that, if they're going to have the lost city of Atlantis, if they make an effort to explain. Now, given the confines of this legend that we know, how can we make a scientific explanation for how that could possibly happen i mean that is kind of i mean i love that that's great and that's what it should do but if it's gonna do a legend it has to give that explanation it can't slip up on it yeah but i I think there are there are pros to it you know like just on one one point i think it means a lot to have the doctor actually scared of of a mystery to have the doctor really baffled and uh, not understand at the end of it I, i think it makes just um makes it seem like a much more powerful you know situation I think gives a lot more, you know, onus onto the plot. And that's what my point was, is that there, you've got the doctor not understanding something for the first time, or not for the first time, but for one of the first times. And that's, that kind of, I kind of like that because without the explanation, it kind of leaves it open for the audience to, to talk about it themselves. I mean, Satan is obviously a very religious entity, so then there's tons of religions out there and tons of people viewpoints as to what Satan really is. So I kind of, I kind of like that. I mean, yeah, I like even in Dante's Inferno, like Satan is depicted as being blue and the cult in the last layer of hell is depicted as being cold, you know? So it's like, what version of Satan are you? Because there is so many different versions of Satan. But my whole thing is, you know, in Dr. Who, we visited hell with Missy. We've seen air quotes Satan himself. I'm kind of curious as to whether there exists some kind of godliness-like episode, or is it just one of those things where, like, Satan just could have been, like, another alien monster that we're calling Satan, or hell is just this place we're calling hell, or maybe God is just this thing we're calling God, but I would like to see a God episode, but also I feel like that would offend a lot of people. Well, there actually have been several kind of godlike episodes really any ones where we see like the eternals or you know the guardians or any of these type of beings oh, that I sort of protect the destroyer yeah like this sort of exist like outside of time you can think of them as existing in the fifth dimension instead of the fourth you know um type of thing like where they just have you know ridiculous games or other things that they do to pass the time because they're you know, immortal and everything. And those are very godlike creatures with amazing powers, but, you know, they've been explored multiple times in Doctor Who. I kind of like what that could mean. Like, God and hell and Satan and heaven is just what you make it. Doctor Who's like a great example of that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the power of leaving it open to interpretation, letting the audience do it. I think in a lot of situations, I wish they did it more, um, because what really irks me is a poor explanation. Um, you know, <laughs> so I'd much rather no explanation than one that is really insufficient. Is anyone else sad that all the Ood died? Yes, and yeah. I also thought it was weird that, you know, after everything, after we find out their technology doesn't recognize the Ood as proper life forms even, like not even humans not recognized as life forms. And, you know, they just kind of killed them and felt like that was okay and felt no shame about it. But then at the very end, the captain is reporting each Ood's death one by one by, like, by name. And it's like, why would they know the names? Well, by number. Or, or, okay, by, well, Greek letters, whatever. But, like, why would he, like, feel the need to not just be like, and all the Ood died, given all of the other behavior that they've displayed through these two episodes? It just Maybe. seemed like uncharacteristically recognizing that the Ood are living conscious beings that should be respected. Well, maybe they felt bad for them. I mean, they were taken over, and it wasn't their fault that they were uh, taken over by the beast. They didn't have any control over that, and they didn't even have a say in in um, in everything that was going on. They, they well, yeah, but like the the humans seem to not have any issue with that, and to, like treat the ood like you know robots well, Danny, or or you know. But, the cap- but this is the captain. I think the captain has a little bit more humanity in them than than Danny and and. Uh, Jefferson, who is mm. the I don't want to get into too much foreshadowing, but I've seen more of the Ood since since this, you know, to have rejog my memory and, and get more of their origin stories. But here, as we see the Ood, you know, I think we see them representative as like, oh, we live to serve. This is what we do. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily seem to be, you know, something very malicious. It seems like a very weird take and a very weird being by a species. I think we get into it later. Yeah, but it's like everything they've done, all the humans did in these episodes was to treat the Ood like they're not people. Yeah. I and think then really at the very end, he treated them like people. I think who, who did up. not treat the doctor, who did not treat them like people was the doctor more than anyone else. He he chose to save Ida, this one person, over all of those Ood. It sounds like he made the conscious choice. He brought up that he could have done one or the other and he had one trip to make. And he could have saved all those Ood, and instead he saved one person. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. That's kind of scary to think about. Like, he let all of those people, or all those Oods perish. Yeah. yeah the doctor like I, always chooses humanity over, like, significantly larger groups of things. Which is, god damn it, doctor. Well, yeah. but here's the thing, is that he obviously was sorrowful. Sorrowful for not being able to go back, I can't pronounce words right now, but um, he, could, he knew that he couldn't go back, and he felt bad for it. That's why he reported it to the captain to say, "Hey, I I was able to save Ida, but I couldn't go back to to get the Ood, and I'm really kind of in a I'm a so sorry kind of." Protein. Well, yeah, he felt bad about it, but Colin's right. He did make the choice and say that one human life was more valuable than what like a hundred Ood lives. He's done that before. He's yeah. Done that. Like river and stuff like that. He does but that he a knew lot. Where Ida was, would he have necessarily known where the Ood were right at that moment mm-hmm. in all the chaos? But does he need to be right in that moment? This is just the the fixed point TARDIS thing that I, I just can't understand. It's a little too timey wimey for me. 
Like, he has the TARDIS. And and if he can only make one trip, like, can't he also, you know, potentially trip out to the middle of space five years ago, make a decision, and then go back and, you know, make the correct choice? That could be the case for so many Doctor Who episodes. <laughs> that, that's, this is always the, always the problem, I, I think. You know, it's, it's always a potential pitfall. When you have a TARDIS, so much more is possible than how it is usually utilized. But I think that's why it was a really good choice to actually have the TARDIS be lost in this episode. It made a lot more things, you know, make sense. The, the, and it made a lot more tension because it, it seemed like it really could be forever. They were stuck here. It's over. Yeah. You know, how are you going to get through this? Because there was, there's no longer a magic key. There's no longer a magic plot armor, you know, right there. Besides, of course, that the Doctor will survive. <laughs> but. Well, yeah, we wouldn't have 13 of them. Well, 14. Yeah. And counting, you know. <laughs> exactly, that's why. Well, yeah. 15, really. Um, I, I think we've, you know, I don't want to go too far into the future of the series, but I think we can make arguments for many more than that. Yeah, fair point. Well, Colin, you want to rate this one? Sure. Rating Dilly Dandy. All right, let's see. So I really like this episode. I thought this was a powerful episode. I think, you know, all of my minor pitfalls that I've had with it, I've aired and we've talked about a lot. Um, but really, they're minor for me. I think it had a great flow. I think it had a baller enemy. I like that the audience got a chance to really think and, and delve into it. Um, and I like just some of the philosophical questions it, it brought up just in this conversation alone. Um, but this was really good. You know, we, we, we uh, lost some characters. We gained some characters back. Um, the TARDIS came back into the fold. Um, good episode for me. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Wow. Okay, so... I also really liked this episode, not just because Satan was in it, but I really liked the lack of information they gave us, because instead of focusing in on all of that other stuff, um, or all the details and stuff, you focus more in on, you know, the really epic parts, the parts that matter, the parts that were really cool and that we wanted to learn more about. And I also liked the whole idea that the that Satan had his mind separated from his body. It kind of reminded me, I forgot to mention this, but the whole relating the mind to a soul, like, you know, that whole idea. So I kind of just really like this episode. It's really funky. It's really cool. I love how Rose steps up. I love how interesting it is. So I'm going to give this actually also a 9 out of 10. All right. Um, Well, I liked this episode better than the previous one. You know, all the setup was taken care of, and so... You know, I think that this one legitimately should have been broken into two. I think that was a good decision because, uh, you know, this one could just get straight into the action. Um, I thought it was exciting and enthralling. But at the same time, I, you know, I, I, I'm i not happy with the lack of explanation. As I've stated before, I, I feel like, you know, in this scenario, you have to hold yourself to a higher standard. And there were also a lot of things in it that just didn't need to be in there or just didn't need to be done quite that way and would have been really easy with no extra dialogue to like make it you know work and you know not have all these open-ended questions uh i am i i liked rose too i thought she did really stand out in this um the other characters i felt like just kind of a few of them i you know felt connected to uh in it, but uh, those ones were good, like the captain and um, 
Toby, obviously, as, you know, the beast. And uh, I guess the uh, security guard, too, for, to an extent. But um, I'm going to give this one a 7.5. That voice saying, go on, go on, and I'm going to go on with my rating. <laughs> um, uh, go on. <laughs> there's a great quote in this that says that where someone says, that's how the devil works, and then the doctor replies, we're a good psychologist. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really think that this episode was the quintessential episode of this season. Um, it was full of excitement. The music was kind of added to that excitement. Uh, it was an on-the-edge-of-your-seat kind of episode, especially on first viewing. And um, I just loved the concepts that were in this episode. I think it was slightly better than last week, but not by much, because I do also see this as kind of a whole one-app story. But I'm going to give this a 9.5 out of 10. Ooh. Uh, uh, this the, this two-parter was always one of my all-time favorite two-parters. All right. Um, there you have it. Um, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and uh, email us at thehoovianreview at gmail.com. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. See you again soon. Bye. Bye.